This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, welcome to the One Was Ever Dream podcast. As ever, my name is Lee Finch, and I'll be joined by Danny Baker. We have a returning original podcastee in Jamie Whittenden joining us again today. Hopefully, it won't be a, a one-off appearance. Hopefully, he'll be coming back for more. Uh, tonight, we'll be discussing the draws against Morecambe and Portsmouth. We'll then move on and speak about Oli Palmer. Should we be selling or should we keep him? And if we were to sell, who would we like to replace him with? As we've not scored any goals, we'll be moving on and talking about our favourite ever Wimbledon goals, AFC Wimbledon and Wimbledon FC, and goals that we've conceded as well, because we have had some peaches scored against us. And then we'll move on and do a quick preview of the upcoming games against Burton and Ipswich. But yeah, I'd like to welcome our guest, Danny Baker. How are we? And Jamie, welcome back. It's good to be back, mate. Good to see you, Jay. How are you doing? All right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Living the I dream. Last time, I think the last time I saw you, we might have scored a goal, I think. Yeah, think yeah many moons ago. Many moons ago. Yeah. Uh, I haven't missed Finchie, but apart from that. No one misses Finchie, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> For those who don't know, his beard is getting fantastic, though. It's a proper sort of Sinbad on the seven seas, isn't it? Um, it needs sorting. It does need sorting. But I'm, I've worked too much, mate. I'm working too much at the moment. Do you know what I mean? How I'm long are you going to go, then? What What's like your... Lib- have you got... A- because at the moment it's like your head's upside down. Like it's sort of you need to like if you it's went annoying. upside down, you'd be like you'd be clean shaven. What? How long are you going to go? I don't know. I've, I think I'm done with it now because I was drinking. Well, I ain't done with it. I'll still have a beard, but I'll trim it down. But uh, I was drinking milkshake earlier, and as I was drinking, I looked and it was. I said to my missus, oh, "Give me a kiss." Imagine Jay, the thought. I, of I said, "Look, I've got to go back to work." Milkshake. I popped home. I said, "I've got to go back to work. Give me a kiss." And I literally had milkshake all in my beard and everything. And she's like, "Go well, wash your face." Well, found in your beard. You know the beards are the dirtiest. Beards are the dirtiest places in the uh, hey, in the world. I'm not surprised yours. The state of it. 
Ah, shut up, man. I ain't put beard oil in it. That's why. You have to beard oil it up. Beard oil does sell everything, I suppose. That's it. Anyway, let's uh, start the podcast, as we uh, said, with uh, Malcolm. Uh, What did we think, boys? Go on, Jay. Kick us off. Get us back Um, in the Well, I mean, it was an awful game of football. That was terrible. Um, I mean, we could have won it. I mean, I mean, the keeper made an all right save, one that he should be making. Asal hit the bar from the cross, didn't he? Um, you look confused, didn't you? Are you talking about the save from Oli Palmer's header? Yeah. That's a class save. That's not. Yeah, it's a good save, but like he's expected yeah, to make it. A bit more you know what I mean? Yeah. Jamie, why are we not scoring goals? Come on. Give us why are we not scoring goals? Whenever we look in a dangerous position, Palmer's in, in our half. Yes. Yes, Jamie. He's always so deep. Yeah. Like, and I understand why he's doing? coming deep. He likes to link up play. He likes to come back. He, he is a bit of a workhorse, isn't he? But, um, why do you think yeah. he comes so deep? Like, what's the... Because I can't understand from a tactical point of view. I kind of get it if he's going to drop deep and then play over the top or play in. But I always find that at the moment we're lacking... Palmer being at the top to bring in the other three. And I feel like he, we're kind of almost forwardless. And I'm not saying he doesn't try Palmer because I thought <coughs> the Portsmouth game, he tried all right. But we just, we've got one up front. And whenever we get the ball wide, he's not quite in the box. And we're yeah, not never there. crosses. And it's just, that's, that's for me, that's where we're missing a bit of disjoint. Yeah. And that, I was going to say, I think the reason why is that because he's coming back to get the ball to then give it to Sel, Radoni, McCormick, and then he's going to then get into the box. But the problem is they're too far behind him as well. So when he gives it back to him, they're not on the win. We're not getting the ball. And also, we'll come on to Portsmouth a bit later, but we can mix up the two. Our crossing against Portsmouth were absolutely horrendous. We didn't, I don't think we hit any of our players in the box. So there's no point getting in the box. But yeah, I, against, I know we'll be talking about Morecambe, but we, we literally at one point didn't have anyone up front because you look at the halfway line, Palmer's receiving the ball. There's nothing beyond him. So how are we going to score? And, and not being rude, the last two games we played, I thought both opposition were awful. I didn't think they were much, much goal, even though Portsmouth were up in the, high in the league. I thought Morecambe didn't Morecambe really Morecambe were come. poor, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They were really poor. And I just, I said to you, Danny, uh, last week, was that we needed to change it up a bit. Uh, and I was disappointed that we didn't. Do you know I mean, other than the forced uh, uh, changes that we made, I just disappointed that we're seeing two up, not seeing two up front. Like Ollie Palmer is becoming obviously a Poundland Harry Kane because he's coming so deep, he's not receiving the ball and he's not getting in the box either though to score goals. And I mean, I noticed. Morecambe. I mean, I don't know about Morecambe, but did they play with three at the back? I think they did. And not Portsmouth sure did the Portsmouth, Portsmouth did the same. Did. Now I'm a firm believer that if you're playing up against the three at the back, three central defenders, you can't play one up top in his own, especially if that's someone like Ollie Palmer who, unless the ball gets played to his feet or a couple of yards either side of him, he's not going to get anywhere near him. Um, so whenever the ball got anywhere near him, he, he, I mean, for someone that's six foot five, he's terrible in the air. My, oh my God, Jamie, you're like literally breeding my mind. Like, the amount of times the ball's gone in the air and I'm like, oh, Palmer's not going to win this header. And even the times where he's not strong enough because the, the, the midfield, the defender's just giving him a nudge and he's gone flying and want, it's just, it's sort of like, it's really frustrating because I think we, when he's good, I think he's brilliant. I think he's when he's good, he's good. But and again, like we said before, it, it's it's a tricky one because I don't necessarily blame him. He get he doesn't he gets nothing to really work with. A little bit when we had Piggott last year, he didn't get much to really work with. At times, he was kind of a little bit of a of a, of a lost soul. But I, I just remember the game at Gillingham when he scored the equaliser, and he just there was also a game this year. I can't remember what happened, but he came off the bench and just like. 
did one big tackle and the whole game went up. And we were like, oh, wow, we've like, where's this happened for the last 80 minutes? And he's got that opportunity to do that. And we just don't see it enough. And I think that's, whether that's his fault, whether he's going or not, whether he's too heavy, whether his head's gone, or whether tactically we've just not supported him. I'm with Lee. I'm, I hate to say it, I'm going to agree with Lee. We've got to try and do something different. Because you can't have, I mean, five games without a goal. And to be blunt, have we really looked like scoring a goal? No. Like, it's not like oh, we've been overly close. Like, we, okay. I, I don't really remember, apart from the Palmer header, have the keepers made a really good save? Palmer, really. Palmer header against Morecambe and then Radoni against uh, Portsmouth in the first, what, five minutes? And then after yeah, that, we yeah, didn't look I'll like scoring that, yeah. again. But That's it, isn't it, really? I'm, I'm with you. I just... I, I, I don't see any positives at the moment. I like people going mental, like really happy about the Morecambe game. We dominated and all this. And I, we've said it before, Jamie, elite mentality. And, and people are going mental, going, oh, we dominate this game. We just didn't win. It's like, I don't want to was see it. Was it Andy Pass, though? No, it was, tweeted. No, it saying was that's what coach. happens when we dominate the game. It's like, but that means nothing when you've drawn nil-nil. And that's like the coach. Is he, what is he, what is he, the set beast coach? No, it's the mind coach. It was the, the mind Steve coach. Salis. So, he, yeah. Was it Steve Salis? Like, yeah. Was he playing that? We like we dominated the game, but we drew nil nil against a team that are you know relegation rivals to us. We, yeah, like, did we actually dominate that game? Not I mean, really. We had lots of ball, but possession wise, they had, lots of they had more shots. I thought than us. Stockton had one over the bar. Guy on the right and the right winger kind of guy had a hit. I, I didn't see us sort of there's, do much. We we tried. There's no one said that we're not trying. Just lack any kind of ambition or any kind of quality there. There's one point in that game where the boy puts a cross in, and if it doesn't touch Rossu. Morecambe scores and it, we get it out and that's what really annoyed me after the game is I see, it was Steve Sellis the mind coach saying this is like and I just don't see that as elite mentality I don't see it's our standards are dropping and this is where I do worry is at the start of the season Robbo was saying we're going to be exciting we're going to not worry about the other team don't matter if we're playing Sunderland Bolton and we went out and we got at teams so look at Bolton we were what 2-0 down and we come or three and we came back because we showed that endeavour and resilience as you said Danny at the moment, it's just not exciting to watch either, though. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like we're back watching Glenn Hodges' teams. Because, it, like again, another thing that really annoyed me, sorry, Joe, last point, was making a sub in the 80th minute. When we've got 100 games to play, and he's saying we need to use the squad and stuff like that, the, lonely, the new loanee from Barnsley don't even get on the bench. Don't know where he is. He ain't been in the last two games. Is he fit? Is he back? Terry looks comes on five minutes. Everyone's raving about El Tell for five minutes. You can't judge a kid on five minutes. He, he put in a massive challenge, got booked. Everyone's going, oh, you look lively. It's like, well, I'm not being... I'd look lively over Ollie Palmer against Morecambe. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it's like madness to me that we're, our standards are dropping because we're being told they should be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's, not, it's, not, a, it's not... It's not an elite mentality, like you say. And, if, and that's coming from the mentality coach. Like, you know... I'm just, to be honest with you, I just, I'm a little bit devoid of ideas as to how we're going to correct it because we've done this all year round. And I don't know whether it's just a bit of intensity. I don't know whether it's a little bit of buzz, a little bit of, of uh, momentum or a bit of confidence. I don't know. But I don't remember seeing Palmer as deep as we are now. I don't remember that. I might be wrong. Presley was never that deep either. He was always a bit higher. I just, I don't, I don't, I can't quite get my, put my, put my finger on where where this has kind of gone wrong in terms of we've always played the four two three one sort of thing, but it, we've just lacked anything like like McCormick's full of industry, nothing at the end. The two fullbacks can't cross for Toffee. 
<laughs> and if they do cross, there's only one, only Radoni's in the box because the Sal's drifted wide and Palmer's too deep. A Sal is great at press in small doses. We've got nobody on the bench who's prepared to come in and actually shake it up. I thought Mabude was okay at best, but here again, he's just Andy Clark. The last thing he's going to slip over, he'll be offside and it gives away the possession. I don't think Chislett's going to bring it. I, don't, I just don't know how they're going to create this. It's great that they've got the two clean sheets. Good to see Xhaka come in and play well against Portsmouth. Um, I, I, but I, I don't genuinely know how they're going to correct it. And as I said, I've, I'll repeat what I said last week. I think we're very, very easy to play against. The two wingers will go up. They don't necessarily come back. And all that happens is they turn around and it's a two-on-one down both fullbacks every single time. And we moan about them in terms of their quality, but that's what happens every single game. The fullbacks I'll, get battered. I'll make excuses for them, Dan, because... We had 18 days off, do you know what I mean? Which to- we against Accrington, we were brilliant, do you know what I mean? Against Wickham, we were brilliant, and then it just killed our momentum. I think Christmas has come, and some of our players have enjoyed their Christmas a little bit too much. Not being real, I think Oli Palmer does not look fit at all, as you said. Against Julian, and he puts in a challenge, he scores the goal, I think it's against Julian, that header, yeah. where he's yeah. sprinting to get it. You just, I don't see that in him at the moment, or does he, we'll talk about it later, does he want the off? Has has the Wrexham and the funds that he could earn gone to his head a little bit? And he thought, well, you know what I mean? I don't want to get injured and stuff and maybe mess up a move. You never don't know. But we are a young team. We're a young team and we're going to be inconsistent for a season. And we started, as I said, we started off really well. It was exciting. Everyone was loving it. Everyone was loving watching Wimbledon play. At the moment, it's not great to watch either, is it? Not, we don't look like scoring in any game that I've seen us in the last five. I don't know if you've noticed it as well, but we seem to come out of the blocks first five, ten minutes, like absolutely flying out of the box all over him. And then they always seem to just weather that storm and then come straight back up, up straight back at us. Happened at Morecambe, happened at, against Portsmouth on Tuesday night. I mean, I don't know what it is. And, and there were periods of the game where we were all over Portsmouth Tuesday. And I turned around to my old man and said, we've got to make this count because we're all over them. Yeah, and the problem when you're playing someone like Pompey, you know that they they got the other end. They only need one. They've got the quality where they only need one chance. They'll they'll put it in the back of the net. Um, and like you say, I don't know what the answer is. I think Finchie, you are right. What's going on? I must have I must have grown up a bit uh, while I've been away. Agreeing with you, mate. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll disagree on something later. The problem is all the all the endeavour we have and all the running that we do, we've still got nothing in that final third. We don't look like hitting their box or putting them under pressure within their box. Maybe the first five minutes against Portsmouth and the header. And that again, that's it in what, five games? Again, we said it last week, Dan. At Oxford, we can kind of, you put under the carpet because Oxford are a decent side. We had Christmas, we missed all the games. We play a conference team, like a non-league team and get absolutely out-battled, I thought. And as I said, the, the, the game against Morecambe, we dominated them apparently, but we had one shot on target the whole game. That's not domination in my view. And I, I just I think changing it in the 80th minute is is just suicide for me. I mean, consistently, it's, it's a trait in Robbo where subs come too late or too infrequently. You know, there's been games where he's only made one sub. Is, is that because... And, and, you know, it, it was, what, 75, 76 minutes before he made a change? Uh, Terry comes on for the last five minutes. That's not long enough to make an impact. Do you know what I mean? Um, and Portsmouth game, I can understand it a little bit more. We were playing quite well. Maybe he didn't want to change it and mix it up. Um, maybe I'm giving him a bit too much, too much leeway there. Um, 
Yeah, gone Fiji. Has Robbo got into this thing now, though, that he's too scared to lose? You know, like managers do, like Glenn did it, Neil Hardley did it, Wally did it. You, you, you get into a thing where you're so... Like, when Wally came in, he, all he had to do was go and win because if we lost, you know what I mean, we thought we were already down. So all he could do was win. Where Robbo's coming now and, and, and said all this stuff, and now we're too scared to go out and win games. Like, Morecambe, we were on top, so change it about. Put a little bit of fresh legs on. Get El Tell after him. Do you know what I mean? Get him behind. Do you know what I mean? Change the I formation. Think, Leave think, Ollie Palmer on with him. Yeah, I, I think I think that was the thing with the Morecambe game. And like I said, like uh, like Jay was saying, we, we're playing well with the Morecambe game, but that was the opportunity to go right 15 minutes ago. Let's be honest, Morecambe shut up, didn't they? They were like, we'll have a draw here. And and they were right to. They were like, we need to keep in touch here. We nick one great, but in general, we're going to have a draw. Put the young lad on, get a bit of gas on there and say, right, come on, you're, you're a bit tired. You've come a long way. This is a young lad. You don't know what he's about. He's a bit of pace. He's getting about a bit. It just again the thing that's really, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. How many times have we generally changed our formation this year? We spoke at the beginning of the year about, didn't we? This fluid changing formations, different styles. And again, the only time we did was bizarrely the Boreham Wood game to begin with, which was just <laughs> I thought was an absolute car crash. I just, like I said, I, I just I don't quite understand whether it's just a case of to be blunt. And I said it last week, and I still believe it that the best eleven players are on the pitch. But I've now come to the point, if I'm honest with you, where it's like after those two games, we just need to freshen it up. We're playing Burton away. Do you know what? Let's just give him a breather. Give him a breather. Target Tuesday. I think, is it Cheltenham or Tuesday we got? Like, Ipswich. Ipswich. It's like, can we, you know, I just feel like we've got to, we, we, we haven't, <clears throat> we've got to get to a point where we change it. The interesting thing is, again, Robbo said that our business is done. I, and I don't, from what I can see, I can't see how a, Bla, a Blade or Blade or what his name is, and the new lad, how they are improving our squad. They're just another, I don't know. There's the thing that summed it up, and you said it about Portsmouth. Portsmouth subs, Curtis, quality. Jacobs, quality. They would walk, absolutely walk into our team. I don't think there was a single guy on our bench who would have got on their bench, let alone their team. And it's just, I feel that Robbo's kind of come to that thought where at the beginning of the year it was all you, we wanted you. We would pick these twenty-three-year-olds above everyone else. I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. He, we have adopted a pro, a style of football and a way of it on the budget that we've been given, and the budget we've got is literally bugger all. And the fact that we've got a reserve guy from Barnsley that no one literally he's never played a professional game of football, and he's walking into a League One side and he can't even get on the bench to begin with, and not a single loan player is is in our is playing. For me, tells us that we we are basically our top team, and after that, we're filling a squad up with a lot of players. And I hope I'm wrong, and maybe they'll come good. I don't I don't know, but I haven't. I don't think, apart from Lawrence, who I thought was really good, I haven't seen a single lone player who I thought, "Wow, this is a boy who I'd love to keep next year," or I wouldn't have Ryan Longman for. I, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't see it. But this is our worst. I think our worst ever transfer dealings that we've ever had as AFC Wimbledon. Uh, because I, as I agree with you, Danny, I can't see one lone player that I think, yeah, I'd love to keep long term. You know, like when we had Force or Ram, I know Ramsdale and Force are different because they're different gravies. But Longman, I'd love to have Longman back now. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. But I think the thing for me is changing the formation of changing the personnel around. It, it doesn't seem to be happening. And it's it's strange to me that like Oli Palmer come, like on Tuesday against Portsmouth, I think every single sub was like for like. So you're not changing it. You literally just put in Nestor on for uh, a left back when it or a yeah. show I think he came on for. Then you had Oli Palmer for Terry. 
Do you know what I mean? You had uh, midfielder for midfielder, and it's just like, well, you're not Mabudi come off for a winger. You're not changing anything. So you're not going there. You you have to then say, right, Palmer and uh, Terry has to play together. And if Palmer's not fit enough, then you have to get Cosgrave on with Terry. Wait, what, what, uh, Jay, what have you made of Marsh? Uh, well, yeah, I was just about to say, um, I do have some positives from yeah. the past few games. Yeah, go on. And... Uh, Nightingale back. I know you mentioned it last week. I thought well, he was immense against Portsmouth. Really good. Um, that was Shocker's best game in the Wimbledon shirt. I know. Yeah. Let's not get too excited because uh, maybe yeah, you know. Um, but I just I thought he, I thought he, I thought it was unbelievable. I don't know if playing next to Will suits him better than next to Hennigan or Paul Callum Bay. Um, I mean that goal that that was a goal saving clearance that he put over the bar. I don't know how much he meant it, but uh, there was a bloke waiting at the far post just to tap Chris it in. Very esque that mate. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, and yeah, George Marsh, Hartigan dropping out whilst he's done his stomach, he's got stomach pains or something. Um, him dropping out and Marsh coming in, a bit of a blessing in disguise, really, because I thought he's been I thought he's been really good in both games. He's been sort of the shining light and yeah, two, Marsh has been two poor games. I thought he's been tidy, he's everywhere. Yeah, uh, he puts we himself missed out a bit. Delivery, haven't we, a little bit. We missed yeah. in terms of, like you said, the quality of the Set passing pieces. and the switching of the play. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Marsh has been busy and I think it. it this is, a, like you said, a bit of a blessing disguise where actually now I feel, I mean, Woodyard is outstanding for me. I think he, again, another great game and Robbo speaks highly of him. But I feel now that we're in a position that if Hartigan came back and Woodyard had COVID aware, the Marsh could do that job. And he wouldn't do as good a job because I think he's been outstanding Woodyard. But we've now got three guys who, frankly, any of those combos I think would work, which is a, which has been a, which has been great. And obviously, if once any, I don't know what the COVID situation with, with him on Saturday is, but... Him and Nightingale, we're starting to get the the, the right players back who we'll be desperate for. But it will be fascinating Saturday to see what what the reaction is. Because I I mean I mean how how many more games could you cope without looking like scoring? I mean I don't Dan, know. How... Dan, we we said at the beginning of the season, Marsh was one of our players to look out for this season that we thought would do really well from what we saw in preseason. Yeah. What what gets me is how has he not played games before this? How is he not coming in when we've we struggled and stuff and when we, we have loads of games, mixing it up a little bit? Or how are we not going to away to a, like an Oxford and playing all three of them? Playing Woodyard, Marsh and Hartigan. Because we heard that Hartigan's a goal-scoring midfielder, that he was in the youth. So why not push him up a little bit? Drop a Sal Radoni or McCormick if you need to. And put it just seems really weird that we don't... We, we're literally going to play this team in these formations and that's it. Unless something bad happens, unless you get covid or unless you get injured, which just seems mad that we had Marsh sitting on the bench this whole time and he's been excellent. Now, I know he's probably gone in and taken the chance with both hands, which is what you want. Uh, again, Jamie, I totally agree. I've been very critical of uh, Shocker, but I've got to say, on Tuesday, I thought he was absolutely immense. I thought he was brilliant. He was chasing things down. He, he was getting pulled out of position, but getting back quickly. He was putting in headers. I think playing with Will, who's going to talk to him constantly and stuff like that, is, is probably better for him than playing with Ben, but Ben's still brilliant in my eyes. But yeah, I just think we keep getting told all these games are coming up. Mix it up a little bit. We've got the squad now. As you said, Dan, if we've got about 100 of these players now just to fill holes, you can't just have them sitting on the bench or just in the background in case. We need them playing. Or get rid of them. <laughs> or if they're yes. not going to play, thank you very much for your time. You're not going to get in this squad. We're talking about we haven't got players. Well, Chislett's not going to play. Thanks very much. Great. Go 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 on loan. Go and play some games, and we'll bring another bloke in. I mean, it's not that. That's the reality. Joe, make your point, and I'll make my last yeah. point before we move on. 
I think that um, we can't, you kind of touched on it earlier with Robbo not making substitutions and not changing the formation. And then you touched on it again there in terms of um, my mind's gone blank. What did you say? <laughs> well, I was just talking about the, la- the, the lack of sort of. If oh, the lack of mixing up, like not with how has Marshall played. Yeah. So obviously not mixing up when we've got a massive run of games. And I think from a, from a, obviously Robbo's not, he's going to hate me for saying this. He's not, he's not a young man, but he's a young manager. Yeah. Um, and I think that is showing a little bit now. Obviously, when it was new and exciting and we were playing exciting football that we weren't used to, it was great. Uh, I, a bit like you, Danny, I think Robbo's the man to take us forward, obviously, unless yeah. we continue I agree to totally, yeah. Um, but I think his naivety is showing a little bit more. Uh, and I think not only is he naive, I think we as a team are naive and we're way too naive. We're not street as street smart as we should be. Um, Case in point, on Tuesday night against Portsmouth, um, there was a challenge on Harness, I think it was, the Portsmouth player, uh, and he just immediately lost his head. You saw his head was gone, and then he went through Marsh, I think. Now, we should be straight on him. Yeah. Absolutely. We should be winding him up. We should be kicking him. We should be pushing him. We should be, you know, short of, you know, exactly getting Exactly what other teams do to the sound. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Just winding him up, winding him up, winding him up, make him do something stupid when his head's gone. And I, we didn't get anywhere near him for the next, like, 15, 20 minutes. Um, like, the only player that would probably do it is Woodyard, and I think he was already on a booking, so he's not going to do it. Um, and, like, Osu always stays on his feet, go down, for goodness sake. You know, we're too honest, we're too naive. Yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to be more street smart. We need to bring a bit more, uh, for want of a better word, a bit more shithousery into our game, yeah, a bit more of the dark arts. We we need to go back to Wimbledon spirit, which is what we we, we always we loved it. I, you know what I mean, Wimbledon FC were never one of these. Even actually, Wimbledon were never one of these beautiful teams that just played great football. We had a bit of shithousery about us. It's like the left back. I think Portsmouth's left back got booked, and then we move uh, a sal over to the other wing. So not to go a sal, go at him, run at him, wind him up. Do what yeah. you do. Do you know what I mean? We didn't do it. And I think naive is the perfect word for our, our management team at the moment because you've got to look through it. And as much as we love uh, love them, they're a young management team. Uh, assistant manager, Rob, is very young. And he, again, he, he's got a little bit about him, but he is not. And I think that's the thing. It's naivety and a bit of stubbornness. And also, is Robbo too nice? Is he the fact I that think- Chislett should be gone? I've not been real. I like Chislett as a person. I like like his family look, seems nice people. But he shouldn't. He ain't good enough to get in our league one team at the moment, is he? Well, I think the I think the word naive is an interesting word because, for and again, me and Jay, I think, are, the, are very much on the same line. I do see Robbo being the right guy. If I'm honest, <laughs> if we stay up, he can make as many mistakes this year as he wants. I don't care if I'm honest. Just just stay up, stay up with the groups of guys that we've got. Rodoni will go in the summer. Palmer will go in the summer. Whatever he wants to do, and he can rebuild or whatever. But. The mistakes, all of the naivety, the silly stuff we've been talking about is all fine as long as we're in League One next year. If we're not in League One next year, then we're in a world of trouble. No, totally agree. Right. Well, boys, we'll move on. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll speak about Oli Palmer. Should we show or should, should he stay or should he go now? Wimbledon's number nine. La, 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 la. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. So we're back and we're going to be discussing Ollie Palmer. Uh, Rumours are a fold of regarding the, uh, that we've had bids for Ollie from Wrexham. 
The 400 grand was the last one I heard. Uh, I've heard rumours we haven't had a bid, we have had a bid. He's in a, in a shake it all about. What would you two boys sell him or keep him? Um, well, like you say, there's been a lots of different fees banded about. I've heard anywhere in the region of 180,000 to 500,000. Um, I don't know about you, but if anyone's prepared to pay anywhere in that region, I think we should buy their hand off, if I'm honest with you. I like Oli Palmer. Uh, I think he most of the time he does a job. Obviously, he's not in the greatest form at the moment. Um, you know, he, he says the right stuff a lot of the time. You know, he's good. He's good with that aspect, that aspect of it. Um, but I feel like that's an outrageous amount of money to pay for pay for a striker that scored four league goals this season. Um, like I said, it isn't in great form. So I wouldn't be too upset if he goes, only if it's for that much money. Uh, by the same token, I wouldn't be too upset if he stays and sees the season out as well. Um, I don't know how you feel, Dan. If you sell him, you have to have a replacement. It's as simple as that. We can't take the money and not replace him. So, and 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 replacing him with not guaranteed goals because I don't think you can. But you're go in my opinion, if you're selling Oli Palmer, you have to have somebody who's going to lead our attack, which is bizarre because at the moment I don't feel like he's he's leading mm -hmm. the attack as much, which I know is a bit of a weird one. But I just he he him and Radonia are our top scorers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so it, I, I, I don't, I don't see. Again, if he, if he has five good games and he's playing well in five good games, which I know doesn't seem that far off, but I feel if he has five good games, we'll, we'll win three or four of them. I, I feel that he's a, he is a really important player in terms of the way that we play, getting it, bouncing it. Um, but I, I guess from Jay's point of view, and I, I, I'll buy it, if we're going to get the Oli Palmer over the last five games, and Jay's right. If we're going to get the Oli Palmer that we had when he scores two at Cheltenham and that, then then Jay's wrong. But 500 grand, I, I, I mean, you'd have to take it. But I, I just, I don't, for me, I don't think 180 is enough. I think 500, you have to, I just, I think, you, I think, I don't think there's many players in the in the squad that if they came forward and said 500 grand, I mean, you're taking it for Nesta. You're taking it for probably everybody, bar McCormick, bar Asau and bar Radoni, probably. I mean, I'll take that for Woodyard. I think I'll take that for Hartigan. And I think that's, I think that's where we're at with him. But he's just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I think he is like the perfect second best striker at your club. I don't think he's your lead striker. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think he's been good oh, enough for you to go, Oli Palmer, all oh, year he scores enough goals to keep us up. But have we also, on the other token, been completely spoiled with Piggott? I mean, now, we'll look back now, how good was Piggott? I mean, Jesus. Oh. This is the thing. We, we have been spoiled by the strikers that we've had over the years. If you go yeah. back, Maine, Kedwell, uh, uh, Lyle Taylor, uh, Tom Elliott. Uh, Drew Akin, Broughton. Akin all, the, all the big ones. No, but you know what I mean? Akin Fenwar. You know what I mean? Even Piggott last year when people said, oh, yeah, if he goes, it ain't the end Nathan of the world. Elder. I mean, we can go on, can't we? No, but they've, got, they've, they've scored goals in important games, mate. So I show a bit of respect, yeah? What, Even Jesse Darko, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Jesse Darker, Romain if, Rose, we can carry if, on. If, you if like. we're being offered anywhere near half a million pounds, I've got I've got a few things regarding this and why I would accept like one, the money. We can't keep asking for bonds and keep asking people for money all the time, fans for money, and then we're turning down half a million pounds for a player that is 29, has has been injury prone since he signed for us. Do you know what I mean? As much as he, he wasn't before, he has been for us. Do you know what I mean? I think he's played 36 games in two years. Do you know what I mean? It's not a lot 
when you look at it that that point of view, he scored four league goals this season. So if we're getting a half a million pound bid in for him or four hundred grand, then I think we have to accept. But I'm with you, Danny, on the fact that we needed we need a replacement. If if we are the, the one I really wanted, and I, I I thought yes, we might have a chance if we do sell Palmer is Marquez, who's just gone from Portsmouth to Lincoln. Thought he'd be perfect for us. Yeah. But yeah, Lincoln have got him. There is other things that, like, as I said, you can't keep asking people for money and then we turn down. But has he got, is it out in the, his contract out in the summer? No, or is he, 18 months. See, I've heard that's bullshit as well, though. God, I've heard well, it's definitely out I've in the seen, summer. What, from what I've seen, he's got 18 months. But Jay, put a number on him. What's what's the lowest amount you're taking? 180,000. Oh, really? So 180, and he'll go? Well, they, when 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 I heard that they like, I think the first bit of news was they'd bid one hundred eighty thousand for him. I said take it, okay. Uh, and I'm not I'm not deluded enough to think that that one hundred eighty thousand is going to go on a replacement because you know we'd be lucky if half of that goes on. Hold on, so you would, you would sell Palmer and technically not replace him? Well, the caveat would, in an ideal world, him? I'd like to replace him. However, devil's advocate a little bit. Granted, okay. I know I know he's not fit at the moment. But Presley does the same job as Palmer. Okay. So do we stay up um, if we sell Palmer and not replace him? In your I'm, I'm not convinced we stay up if we keep Palmer, if I'm honest mm. with okay. you. Okay. All right. I've agreed with that. Uh, for me, hey, it's how got much? How much two, is he worth? 250 plus. Right. You've got, you got to look at who you're dealing with here. You're dealing with the non league Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? These guys are minted. <laughs> we know they are. They're minted. They're absolutely minted. They're buying like League One, League Two players to play in the conference. And if yeah. they want to push for the playoffs and stuff like that and go up this year, I think if we put if we get that kind of money for him, someone made a good point. I can't remember who on Facebook saying that we wouldn't be able to get a permanent striker. But what about if we paid a hundred percent or eighty percent of someone's wages for, say, a Joe Piggott again to go to it, switch and go look? Joe Piggott's nowhere near it now at the moment, and say, look, we'll offer you fifty percent, seventy percent of his wage, and he comes in for the rest of the season. Mate, and then Taylor. Taylor. That is like totally contrary. Though, we, we're never getting Lord Taylor of in what Robbo years, and the whole club have said. It's like we've got we've moved away from the journeyman thing, and and that to do not, that, and I would agree with that. But not, that's no. completely contrary to everything that they Joe have said. Not a journeyman, though. Yeah, but the culture is Poundland Moneyball at the moment. I'm we're not, signing I'm, players that. Listen, that, I'm not uh, disagreeing uh, with you at all. And if we had the money, my mate even the other day was like, "Why don't we just?" Why don't we just nudge Lyle Taylor and say, look, we'll just for we're, we're not getting eight, near. 250, you do it. All we're I'm saying there. is from all of the sounds that have come out, if they come out and sign Brett Pittman or someone who is a good, a, a, a solid League One, League Two striker who would score your goals, if you've got John Marquis on loan for the end of the year, all that sort of stuff, who I think would be fantastic players, yeah. by the way. But that goes against what we've said all year. Yeah, but Dan, you're talking about Pittman. Pittman ain't played for two years. I'm just I'm, saying, Marcus, Pittman, I'm giving you an Wayne. example of, 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 a, of a person. I think we've got to get out of our head about Lyle Taylor coming back at the moment. No, we, he's not we're back. not we're not gonna get near his wages even if we sell Palmer for half a million pounds. We're not gonna get near Lyle Taylor for that. We ain't. I think he's on 20 grand a week, something like that. I think he's on ridiculous amounts of money at Taylor. We need to be looking at maybe the not but we need to be looking at what about the keys at Chessfield? He was at MK though. That's the only issue Ch- I've got. Ch- Chimanga. He'll, he'll be well out of our budget. But yeah, what, that's the problem. You said 250, Lee. If you sell Palmer for 250 and we don't replace him, do we stay up? I'm again with Jamie though. At the moment, I can't okay. see us staying up at the moment anyway. Because if you don't score goals, you're not winning games, and we we don't look like scoring. So does it matter if we have got Ollie Palmer or not? Someone said to me the other day, "Would it be the worst thing in the world if Wimbledon got relegated?" 
but we kept our but this probably is another podcast if we kept our the same budget that we got now but we wouldn't no we, definitely. But we wouldn't no i think that's the conversation we'd be relegated we'll do another podcast around that if we kept the same budget and we went into league two is it the worst in the world but going back to the ollie palmer thing i think 250 grand and then try and get a decent loan player in a joe piggott someone that is out of the who's been in around the squad but do you know what I mean? He's not in favour at the moment. And try and get someone in on loan. We say, look, we'll pay 80% of their wage. We get them for the rest of the season. Then at the end of the season, we can then go, right, who's available for free? Who's available in our budget and stuff like that? Dan, what are you saying? Uh, personally, I think if Ollie Palmer's at our club at the end of, at the, end of the season, we stay out. Because because I, I have I, I don't know why. I've, I've got no evidence of it. But I think there'll be a, a, a period of time where Presley will go into the team. Palmer will want will want to to. He, I personally, I think he's going to want to move, or he's going to want to play and, and and get stuck in. And I feel that there'll be an opportunity. Whether the last ten games, Palmer will come in and smash it up to, to shreds. We, think, sorry, just one more thing me on this. Yeah, go on. Who is going to buy Palmer on this form though? Like he's. I mean, I don't know about you, Jay, but he's been. It's been horrible watching him. Like the last five games, been too deep. He gets bullied off the ball. Who who is going to buy this guy at, at the moment? Well, Wrexham apparently. Like him. Well, maybe, but I just I don't see why you'd spend the amount of money because they were they were linking him Palmer or Dane Oliver who was obviously at Gillingham. I'll take Oliver every day of the week. But are we are we asking the wrong question here? Will it, is it up to us if Palmer stays or goes? Does Palmer decide if he's going or not? Because not being rude, if I was Oli Palmer and I've only got eight months left on my contract, I could. He's twenty nine. As I said, he's been injury prone. I'd be looking and think about it as as your job and stuff like that, not from a football fan point of view, a Wimbledon fan. Yeah. You're getting offered to double triple your wages to go to Wrexham for two years. Yeah, but have you been to Wrexham? It doesn't Dan, you go out there for two years. I know it's grim. <laughs> but you got there, you got there for a couple of years and he's on, say, five grand a week for two years. He rents out his house in uh, Banstead. So he hasn't he hasn't got to give that up. He then that pays for a house in Wrexham. Well, probably pays for about hundred houses in Wrexham. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll own the valleys if with his house in Banstead. Do you know what I mean? And then he's earning five grand a week. It, I, I don't blame him if he wants to leave. And maybe is that no. why his form so bad that he wants he wants out? Well, at the end of the day, in, in you know, you talk about you see you see footballers that are on fifty grand a week move to go on eighty grand a week. You know, and you think well, they're already on fifty grand a week. I think it's it's a bit different when you're in the lower leagues of football yeah, where yeah. where that extra couple of grand a week that will make a hell of a difference you know that that then set that then sets them up a lot more comfortably in the future um does, would he want to move to wales probably not but if like you say they're doubling tripping his wages you know it's you a no really. so he'll probably tear it up in the conference he'll score goals for fun down there especially in fairly good Wrexham side well he did do well against Bournemouth, but two years <laughs> Two years in, in, in Wales, as I said, he kicks his ass in Banstead, so he doesn't have to do that. You know I mean, his family probably stay there. He goes up there for two years. He earns good money. The other thing you've got to think about is if he gets a signing-on fee, they could be huge nowadays. He could get 50 grand just to sign on for Brexham. Signing-on fee, promotion fee, goal fee. He's, he's going to be earning good money if he does go. So I don't, don't blame him if he wants to go. I just want to see him give the 100% that we know he can do. And I don't know if we... Is he injured? Is he, is he not fit? We're just not getting the Oli Palmer that we know we can get. And, and it's really disappointing. And I think this is the real conundrum, is that I don't necessarily know whether or not Oli Palmer's even to blame. I mean, not being funny, we've got we've got we've got a six foot plus striker who 
I don't think he scored more than one headed goal from a cross. I mean, come on. Like, he would have, he probably made his career on being a goal scorer who scores headers and the crossing's been crap. Like, I'm not being funny. It's, it's like it's playing, the, playing the ball to feet to Jamie Vardy. Well, you know he wants to run in behind you and you've got to play a through ball for him to chase onto. And if you're not, if we're not playing to the way that he wants to play, then, I mean, are we, are we maybe, maybe we're just expecting too much. I mean, the crossing's been that poor and maybe he's having to, maybe, and again, he might be playing the way that he's being told that he is playing. We need you to drop deep to do the X, Y, and Z. He may not want to do that. So it's kind of that, that, that classic case of you only know what, what you see. I still think he's got, he, there'll be a goal and he'll go on a little run or Presley will come in and it will throw him up a bit. Um, and I, I, I would get, I would definitely let him decide what he wants to do in the summer. No problem. But it would, it'll just be, if, yeah, I, I, I personally, if, unless it's, 300k and we're going to get someone half decent in to replace him um i i, I can't see him going i mean you, you speak about the him only scoring ahead of goal i remember when we signed him and our first sort of like six foot five you know monster we finally got the big lump up front you know he's gonna knock defenders about you know we haven't really had one since akin femmer i know yeah. he's a bit i know he's a bit of a anomaly yeah. but um then I looked at his stats and he hadn't scored. I think he scored 20 goals for Crawley, of which 18 were with, his, were with his feet and two with his head. That's not his game. He's not very good in the air. For someone for someone that big, he's not very good in the air. Pickett was quite tall, not good in the air. Lyle Taylor was tall, awful in the air, jumped too early. Um, you know, he's actually not bad. He's actually not bad with his feet part. I think yeah, no, he actually prides himself on the fact that he's good with his feet for a big man. But... You know, we launch, I don't know, 20 balls up to him. We'll be lucky if he wins two. No, I agree. No, and, you know, I think you, 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 say, you say about if we, if we keep him, he gets five good games. Would you say he's had five good games already this season? Uh, in the league? I, I, I think he's had, I think he's had five games mm. where he's, where he's made an impact enough to, to think that, to impact the game enough. Like Cambridge away, he only played 10 minutes, but the moment he came and the whole game changed, he got the goals in the FA Cup. He got the equaliser with Gilling. I know I'm, I'm, I'm basically picking highlighted games. Um, but I, I just think in, in him, on when he wants it, I think he's fantastic in terms of proper swashbuckly barging people about. But I haven't seen that in the last, since, since the Cheltenham game. I've not, I've not seen it. Whether that's, that's our lot with Ollie Palmer. And when we signed him, I was a bit unannoying because I thought, well, this is not going to, this is not, as you said, since we've been in the football league, we have had some excellent forwards who have we have kind of stayed up on the quality of our centre forwards. Literally, since we've come in the football league, Jack Midson, decent foot, decent forward for us. Taylor, Elliot, Akinfenwa, um, we've had Piggott. And this is the first year when I felt like, Christ, we haven't got that, that goal. And also the regularity of play. Like you said, Piggott, don't miss games. This is, this is Ollie Palmer's first, first season in League One. Well, not first season, but obviously he's been with us two seasons now. But yeah, it's his first first time playing League One football. But just before we wrap up, boys, I think your point there's are we we helping Ollie Palmer or are we like disadvantaging him? Because the way we play at the moment, with like having no one next to him, if we had a two up front, as I said, if we had gone against Morecambe, got Terry next to him, if he's winning stuff, you've got a guy with absolute pace to burn getting in behind. So if he does win a header, Terry's going to put him under pressure and then Ollie gets in behind. But yeah, we'll wrap it up there, boys. Sorry, Jay, one last point and then we'll Well, go. I was just going to say, I think now we've got that option with Terry. 
uh, and Cosgrave as well, where we now have an option where Robbo might think I can actually play two up front now. Um, and I would be I would be surprised if he doesn't. Um, how long that takes, who I knows? So. I think we yeah. need to I need to change it up a little bit. But anyway, we'll move on, and then when we come back, we'll discuss goals, the best goals we've ever scored, and the best goals conceded. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Goals, goals, goals. So as we're not scoring any at the moment, we we thought we decided to uh, talk about some of the best goals we've seen. Hopefully the players might hear this and, and it might give them a little bit of a G up. Also some of the best goals that we've seen against us. So if I start us off, boys, with one of the best goals I've seen us score uh, and what it meant at the time was Michael Hughes away to Birmingham. Yeah. Just when we were, we were protesting at the time, we all steamed down the front. Michael Hughes picks up the ball, takes a couple of touches and then just bangs it in. 2-0, that wasn't it? 2-0. And everyone just got absolutely ballistic. People on the pitch, the Zulu army were going mental. They they were trying to get to us as well. Stewards were punching anyone in their sight. It was, And what a goal it was as well. And one of the best goals I've ever seen scored against us, Tony Yaboa. Yeah. And that one where he scores, what, three absolute weldies in about a week, then he? One at Lee, Liverpool... Scored two against us. The one against us where he goes knee, knee, touch volley. And it just, what a, what a, mate, what a goal. They don't make, they don't score goals like that anymore, players. I would say, I would say that's the, that's the second best goal scored against us. I would say. Come on in, Jay. Come on. There's there's a clear winner. Well, it's either got to be Beckham halfway line or the Canyon. It's not, it's not, it's not not Beckham halfway line. That's the third best one, I'd say. The Canyon. The Canyon. Yeah, this is a volley. Oh, you know, in this, oh. in this, in this football nowadays, it had been disallowed. VAR would have disallowed it for offside. Well, it was a good job. It was in the nineties, then, mate, wasn't it? Because oh, yeah. we'd been robbed of one of the greatest goals, Premier League goals ever. I know it was against us, but oh, I could, I could watch that goal all day. Just the way it comes down on his foot. And just, and we've, all, we've, all, we've always conceded pretty awesome goals, we wouldn't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I remember Shearer having an absolute pile driver of a free kick against against us. We just Always had obviously the Beckham goal. I, I mean, for me, my, the favourite goals I had: Jason Yule's first home against Southampton, like a little volley around the corner. That was a great goal. Um, really loved loved the uh, the Midson diving header at MK. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like how quality a goal was, but just the way he scored was great. Jake Reeves volley, York. Oh, York. Just, yeah, about to say yeah. Jake Reeves volley. Really, really like just a proper quality header. And I, I think my all-time favourite goal. So long way, long, long time ago, Fashionu against Palace. He does like a lob, like, and it's probably good because you know Fash the bash. He's like ball of bosh bosh. He does like a cheeky little turn, just dinks it over. I think it's Nigel Martin, and it goes right in. And I remember being there on the terraces with my dad. Like it, that, it was it was just quality, but. I think that one, and and I, th- I guess, I, I guess from a Wimbledon point of view, the Marcus Gale header against Man United. Marcus Gale header against Man United. Just the ball comes yeah. across, heading it, and losing ten seconds of just the, the absolute mentalness. Going to school the next day, wearing full Wimbledon gear, got on detention <laughs> for it, couldn't care less. That was just like I just I, I just love that moment, and I had it this year with Rodoni against Oxford. That like the second before you score. Just when you know it's going to go in, 
And that cross came in, and he's all, I was looking at Schmeichel, and I sort of grabbed my dad's arm, and he'd see Gale go right back and bash straight in. That second, just before it goes in, is just sensational. As we're talking about headed goals, can I say two of the most important and goals that we've ever scored, and they were just they're brilliant headers, was John Main, Hampton and Richmond. Hampton and Richmond. When, when two of their players are absolutely wiped out, we put a ball in the box, we have to score a John Main. Don't score headers that often, and he bangs one of them with his head. The other one must have been Danny Baker for the fans' team against Motherwell, wasn't it? In the quarterfinal <laughs> of the uh, fans' trophy at uh, um, Collier's no. Wood, probably. 1-1-0. One, one, Akin for one. every round. I'm not going to go on about it. Akin for there, one. you were there. Right, I'm cutting that out. Akin Fenwa, away to Accrington in the semi-final when we had to get back into the game and yeah. we just put the ball up and he just smashed it in and everyone goes absolutely ballistic. Great. He, ate, he really just ate players. that bloke for breakfast, didn't he? But didn't know what hit him. I think he landed oh, on his head. It's like a bulldozer, isn't it? I'll tell you yeah. what, one of, one of the goals we conceded, which even now, it just it completely devastated me, was, and it's a bit of a weird one, do you remember when we played Fleetwood and it was so wet Yes. At King's Meadow. Yeah. And it was soaking. And it was when they got the rollers out. They and they got the got rollers, the rollers out. out. The game's yeah. been called off and they scored this rubbish goal. We lost 1 0. Yeah. And there's only been twice, even when we lost to Southampton, it was that game. And Gerald Seabon, when we were in the Premier League, we played Sheffield Wednesday at home. He scored. And I was like, Sheffield Wednesday are rubbish. And we conceded. And I was like, oh, we're at, we, we could actually go down here. Those were the two goals. And I was like, oh, I don't think I've. I'm normally pretty good. I can kind of get over a game relatively quickly. By the time I've gone home, I've kind of moved on a bit. But those two games, I was properly crestfallen. Particularly the the uh, the game with Fleetwood, when I was like, "Oh my god!" We, like well, I genuinely thought we were we were done. We were totally done that year. You know, goals I used to love as well. Combine counties days. Kevin Cooper used to always take free kicks, and he'd always plant it under the wall. Under Every the game, like, did they not like know what was going to happen? They always jump, and then he'd just put it under the wall. Bang! Straight into the corner. Oh, I don't think they week. were scouting us back then, mate, to be fair. No but, every, yeah, no, but every week we would score a goal from a free kick. Kevin Cooper under the wall, straight in the corner. Thank you very much. Well, that, that's, when, that's when Mikey T kept on playing uh, Hawaii 5-0 like every other week. Yeah, We'd yeah. go 5-0 up. Um, yeah. uh, one more I wanted to add was Staines Town playoff final when we went 1-0 oh, down. Lewis Cumbers equalised and then yeah. we got a free kick. Uh and I remember going mental because Mark Debola was standing over it. I was like, what on earth is he doing taking this free kick? And then he plants it in the he, postage stamp. He came back off loan, didn't he, just to play in that game? Yeah. For set-piece specialist. It's like the geezer plays at Southampton there. Do you know what I mean? We had one in our locker and he came we're back proud. on loan. Yeah, but no, you know well, what I mean? He, he, you he, don't see him in the same place, do you? You nah. never see him together. But Do you know, in that game you're talking about, one of my favourite ever Wimbledon players, Nick McDonald, come on and changed the game for us that day. He was our Oli Palmer back Lee, can you stop fair. going on about Nick McDonald? He sounds like a bloke from Corrie. Just let it go. He Mate, he, he smashed their keeper. Cucumber scores and then Dabola puts it in. So who's going to score our next goal? Who's going to do it? Who are we going to... Who's going to make it happen? Nightingale. Corner. McCormick. McCormick. Free kick, but yeah. Oliver we've, Palmer. We've, we've scored... <laughs> <laughs> what for Wrexham? He'll score four. <laughs> And then he'll go to Wrexham for two million. And we'll be like, thank you. Good night. We've, we've scored some unbelievable goals though for our years, haven't we? Like, brilliant goals. We've had, as we said earlier, striker-wise, we've had some, like, even from the CCL days, Joe Shearing coming and playing for us. Matt Everard scoring 25 goals, 30 goals as a as a centre-back. Do you know what I mean? Lyle Taylor. Kevin was... Cooper, Richard Butler, John Main, Danny Lyle Kendall. Taylor was... He'd been very, 
very blessed. You know, Midson, we've always, but we've always had like a guy who was like a talismanic guy. The interesting thing was obviously Robbo's, Robbo's, you know, he's not daft. He's like, we need to share the goals out more. And he was right because we're not going to replace the bigger. But it's interesting. I, I haven't done my stats in terms of where we're at, goals scored compared to last year. Um, I don't know. But it, yeah, we definitely, we miss a what I would call a genuine goal threat. But Lyle, Lyle Taylor was rotting in Scunthorpe's reserves when we plucked him out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? He came to us and we just made him into a, to a brilliant striker. I, th- I, mean? I think that's credit to Neil Ardley there. I think yeah. I think his man management of Lyle Taylor really brought out the best in him. But we've, we've not spoke about two important goals again. Lyle I mean, I've, got, I've probably got them on my list. Lyle Taylor, Lyle Taylor final, final and Danny Kevill's penalty. Danny Kevill's penalty. Yeah. I remember just even back Greatest moment in, of my life, that. And I just started crying. Just started crying. That's it. We've done it. We're in league. We're in league football. Do you want to? Do you want to just take him in it? I was very hungover. I just flown in from Magaluf, mate. I went on a one night stag do to Magaluf. I was meant to be on a stag. Bring this up every time. Like Uncle Albert during the war. Go on. I was on the stag do three nights in Magaluf. Where did you go? We, Magaluf. Oh, mate, Where did you fly into? Mate, I I was. I, Who was there? I used to run Magaluf back in them days, mate. The run used to, Mag- mate. I used to run it. You could write a book about my exploits in Magaluf, mate. Yeah, I've Unbelievable. Got, I'll read a book to the little one in a minute. That'll, that'll show <laughs> love that. Hey, and I flew to Manchester, got a cab straight flew to the ground. Flew to Manchester. Australia. Dorothy, you're listening. Flew to Manchester. Yellow, yellow and blue. Yellow, my yellow and blue scarf on. And someone said, why are you wearing a scarf? It's 30 degrees, mate. I was like, I've got to watch Wimbles. It's because for the Wimbles, then we're going to Etihad. Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> No. One of the worst journeys back I've ever had. Luton wanted to kick the shit out of us. That weren't fun. But anyway, yeah. Ask? Anyone wants to hear about Magaluf, just give me a text or something. Yeah, you, Lee, Lee's made the state dues. Like yes. Gavin and Stacey when like, was it what, Matt like, Lucas does it? With Matt Lucas, yeah. Talk about when they hire one Ratty. of them like dwarfs and stuff like that and then you could hire Lee Finch to come on your I know, I know, I know what you want. <laughs> one word, booze. <laughs> well, there is other stuff out in Magaluf you could have. Okay. I used to get I used to get it by the drugs, mate. Anyway. Other, ho- other holiday destinations are available. Talk about goals. Lee is available for children's parties, though, if you want them. It was always <laughs> it was always back of the net for me in Magaluf, mate. Oh god. There's probably little finches. You're a lot of fishing, around, did you? Run around Spain now. Anyway, we've gone right off subject now. Any more goals that we want to talk about? Uh there's, there's one about it, Magaluf. Right? <laughs> What's the culture like? It's the lo- local cuisine, all right? Uh, yeah, it's English fry ups and roast, mate. Yeah, Fish bet, and I bet there's an Irish pub somewhere, isn't there? There's a few, a few Irish yeah. pubs. There's, what, the, there's oh, one oh, pub. Mallys or something? Is there a oh, karaoke? Only, only Fools and Horses pub, and oh. all they do is play Only Fools and Horses. You get to read. Culture, you get to read the sun. You place a few bits on the horses, and you eat English food. <laughs> it's like madness. I don't I can get see it. why you've gone now. Like, I only went on stag do. Just Sutton or Cheam or Wimbledon, and you. Fly all the way out there to have a cooked breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? There's only stag do. I love it. I love the English. If they had, a pie, mash, if they had a pie mash, we'd never see you again. Oh, mate, I'd have, I'd have been living out there now. That's a way that ain't a bad business idea, actually. Pie mash in Magaluf. See you later, man. I'm out to Magaluf. See you later. <laughs> you can treat the kids to keep the free kids. I'm off to Magaluf to sell have pie mash. Have you been to like a, a, a Wimbledon game on tour? Like, have you been abroad to watch Wimbledon? Yeah, I went to Frankfurt. You went to Frankfurt. Was it good? 
uh, mate, we should have a podcast just for that trip. It was unbelievable. Okay, well, we'll Seriously, anyone who I, went, I to, won't be here. You can there's get, a, do it, I've got to tell it, a story. Yeah, we're all on, and I'm not. I won't be. Here, I'll just listen I'm, to it. I've got yeah. to tell one of the story about one of the pisser lads. As long, exactly. as, it's, as long as it's not Magaluf again, Lee. No, no. It's, it's, we're in Frankfurt. We're in Frankfurt, an Irish bar, and one of the pisser lads is in there. And it's it's like next day morning. Right, we've gone off subject, but it's a brilliant story. So I say to him, he, he, he goes, oh yeah, I meant to be, it was him and his son were coming out because his son had just done his GCSEs and he said, look, do when your GCSEs, I'll take you to Frankfurt on tour of Wimbledon. He said, all right, brilliant. So they get to the airport, goes to the check-in gate, passport for him's good, his son's has run out. So he goes, no problem, son, don't worry, I'll just give your mum a bill. So he rings his mum and then he goes, all right, dad, what's going on? He goes, your mum's going to be here in about an hour to pick you up. I'm getting a plane to Frankfurt. He went to Frankfurt and his son had to go home. <laughs> he said he was, he was that's in the doghouse. He was it, in the doghouse that, with his missus. Talking of goals, that's an own goal, isn't it? That's yeah, but he was on a flight while his, his son was still waiting at the airport for his mum to come pick him up. That's yeah, nice. brilliant. But Frankfurt, anyone who went to Frankfurt, oh my God, what a trip. If we can do it again, if we can get rid of this COVID business, get I on a tour. The, I just saw the clip of Wimbledon playing Real Madrid. Last night I was sitting at half four, like half asleep with Bubby, and I was just was scrolling through. And someone's put the video of when we went to uh, Madrid. Billy Jones is just kicking people. And it was like we we played at the Bernabeu. And I think he lost like three two or something ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, that must have been like imagine it you, now. That can you imagine if going to Carlos and that? Can you imagine if that Wimbledon team when we won the FA Cup got into Europe? Oh God, that's, that's, and we were that like, podcast. Yeah, and we were playing like the Milans and stuff like that. They wouldn't have known what even back in them days. Oh mate, we'd have <laughs> lost to Ferenc Farosh or someone ridiculous. No. We'd, have, we'd have got an amazing like draw and we would have lost to like I've been I there. Know, Barte Borisov and we'd be like, oh God's sake. <laughs> I've been there, Ferenc Farosh. Yeah, Ferenc I've been as well, yeah. I took the missus on Mother's Day and I took her off for a stadium tour around Ferenc Farosh in Hungary. She loved it. Budapest. Anyway. Does. Any more because we've gone right off subject here, boys. You do any, that. Any, yeah, it's your fault. You're talking about any more, goals? <laughs> any more uh, goals. I'll I'll jump in. I'll be the voice of reason. There's two goals that um, stick in my memory that weren't like important games, or it wasn't the one of them was the Jake Reeves one against York. Yeah, just beautiful strike. And there was another one. Do you remember Jamie Taylor? Yeah. Yes. Um, he bent one in from about thirty yards with the outside of his foot, and I don't know if it was just the fact that I was right behind it. And I saw it go, it started off at about the corner flag and just, he hit it with the outside of his foot and it curled all the way, I can't remember who it was against, and it landed right, right in the stanchion. Last question, boys. Is it anything <coughs> better than a last minute winner? No. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, in football terms. In any, I'd rather have a last minute winner than have sex with the most beautiful girl in the world. Yeah, that's where me and you might... That's where me and you might disagree. Mate, again. last minute winners. That wedding in... is looking looking decidedly uh, done, I think. The, the last thinking. minute winner in a really important game. Oh, like, you didn't say that. You didn't oh, say you that. You know what I mean, though, Jay. You know you're sitting like Atkinson Stanley or something where we need a last minute winner to get through. And I'll take that over anything. Yeah. There's no yeah, better feeling than just hugging a stranger and kissing their head or something when we've just scored a goal out of nothing. Like I remember one of the goals I talked about now when we went to West Brom and uh, we had, I think it was... Neil, Neil Shipley, last minute, wasn't it? Do you well, remember that? Bum, but we had someone sent off. Connolly was sent off in like the We had, we had a player sent off and Shipley scored minute. literally. It was all West Brom and we nicked it right at the end. Literally 80 minutes of just them. Literally. Constantly. We think, and then yeah. we, last minute, we just booted it upfield and then someone crossed it. It hit Neil Shipley on the arse. Went in. Everyone just went ballistic. I mean, and I just, yeah. oh yeah, I, I think I nearly died that day. 
<laughs> I fell about that 10 stairs, mate. It was unbelievable. Yeah. What do you think, oh, guys? We well, might die on Saturday if we score a bloody heart attack. Mate, Burton's a good away day. Great kebab shop in Burton. They do it in naan bread. Oh, unbelievable stuff. If it. so, of all the goals we've spoken about, if you had to pick one, Ted Ball's would it penalty. be? That's good. That's really good. Ted Ball's penalty for you, Finchie. I think I'd agree with that. What, yeah. for, what is in terms of a Wimbledon goal? Just yeah, Wimbledon goal. Any <laughs> Wimbledon goal you had to choose. Wimbledon and AFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Marcus Gale, definitely. Definitely, it was just that I think I was 15 or 16 and I was like one of the few Wimbledon fans, a couple of us who would go to games and the Man United, that sort of everyone's put in Man United and the like the ag and then going to school with like knowing that you've won knackered because it was just bonkers and walking into school with Wimbledon gear. No, never going to forget that. It wasn't 30 years ago, was it? What? Well, you said yeah. when you were 15, 16. Here he goes. Is the Royal Variety has started, is it? <laughs> right <laughs> We'll move on, boys. And when we come back, we'll preview Burton and Ipswich Town. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back. And we're going to preview the uh, weekend's game against Burton and Tuesday night's game at home to Ipswich. So, boys, Burton, they've signed a few, I think about three players. Uh, don't know their form or anything like that. Don't really look into away teams that I can't be bothered. But uh, I think we need to change it a little bit. I think we need to change and go two up front, at least two up front. But I've been saying that for weeks. So, we'll go one up front and we'll not score again. Go on, um, Funny you should mention the form, mate. Um, they're unbeaten in 2022. They've won their last three. Um, they've they smash, I can't remember who they, they smash them on 4 0 and 3 3 1. So they've scored eight goals in three games. <laughs> um, so I'd take a point. You know, they're a decent side under Fassel Bank since he t- took over again. Um, How many yeah, points just, is enough, Jay, in the two games? Portsmouth, uh, Ipswich home, Portsmouth and Ipswich. Away, I, I mean, taking? I'd take two points. What from Burton and Ipswich? I would take two points. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say okay. it'd be ideal, but. Um, I, th- I think I'd prefer to take something from Ipswich because that's one of our game in hand, one of our games in hand. Okay. Um, I mean, Burton are 12th, Ipswich are 11th. Um, they're both like Burton are in good form, Ipswich, it depends which Ipswich turn up to be 100%, honest with you. Yeah, um, because they've blown teams away and then they lost 2 0 to Bolton at the weekend. So, you know. They, they seem to lose the easier games and then, you know, they beat Wickham, top of the table Wickham. So, I don't know. Like I said, it depends which, which chips which turn up. Who's their manager now? It's not, it's not Paul Cook. Who is it? They got, uh, it's it's the, they got from Manchester United. Man United, the Northern Irish fella. The first time coach Manu. from Man U. They're bringing him in. He's brought, he's brought Norwood back into the frame with yeah. Bonnie. They're trying to get Bonnie on a, a perm. He's uh, staying there all year. He, they each assigned the, to stay on loan for the end of the year. Yeah, I they worry got a about Luco as well. No, Sonny Luco, Connor Chaplin, Joe yeah. Piggott, not playing any game. I mean, that's uh, Selena. Yeah. Selena, yeah. Scott Fraser. Yeah, yeah I, got... I worry about the next two games quite because, as you said, Jay, uh, Burton on a bit of form. They're scoring goals for fun. I know we're keeping clean sheets, which is good, but we do look like we have got a mistake in us. Uh, Zanev looks like he could could concede a goal at any time, even though he does make some outrageous saves as well. I, I just, I don't know where the goals are coming from. I really can't I, see I scoring. think that's unfair on Nick Sanov, actually. I think he's probably been one of our best players this season. 
I, I, he hasn't made that I, mistake. But what, I didn't say he, he said he's got a mistake in him. He has got a mistake in him. Tell me he hasn't. How many has he done this season? One? Uh, his kicking's not great at the moment. He's kicking against both. Yeah, but neither was Neil Sullivan's, mate. It doesn't make him a bad goalkeeper. Neil Sullivan's a different level to Nick Zanna. Don't even put him in the same bracket, mate. I but, agree with you with his feet. I don't agree with you that there's a mistake in him. I think no. I, I, I'm not completely confident all the time with his kicking, but I think he's been a, a very, very good goalkeeper with us with his hands. I don't, I've not seen him make a huge amount of I absolutely, away, maybe, but. I, I backed him to the hilt on this podcast. I love him to bits. I think if we lost him, we'd be absolutely screwed. But then that's because we'd have to put the little goalkeeper in. And uh, I'd be struggling. There. He, hasn't, he hasn't got a name. <laughs> my worry, my worry is coming up is Nick Zanev will be going to play for New Zealand and we miss him for like three games. If we haven't got any other internationals going. No, Can we no, get an emergency no, loan in in that situation? New Zealand are playing a totally different. They're playing a totally different time to what the internationals are. Oh, really? So he'd be going off on it like when we haven't got any other international, he'd be only international. Could, uh, could we get an emergency loan? Why well, where would we? We've got the little No, I think guy. you can. I think I because think, then we'd only have one goalkeeper. And I think you can both. because yeah. I don't think Zaki uh, either he's not had enough. Uh, I think that I think we must be, I mean crikey if we haven't. Jesus. But anyway, coming back to the games, what Dan, what's your feelings? Well, how many points? Um I think I think the Ipswich game is more important than Burton on the fact that I think I think the home game is got, got more on it. And I think our home form has not been particularly brilliant, to be honest with you. We've probably had a lot of our better games have been away we've won from home. We've two games all season, I think. Uh-huh. What, at home? Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean we're, since we've been back at Plough Lane, really, we've not been overly brilliant. Um, so I think I think that's going to be a, a, a bigger one than, than the Burton game. The only thing with Burton is, again, for both teams, I don't think there's a huge amount to play on, but I guess we're still in January. They might want to have a little punt and have a go. I, 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 they've got the young lad up front, Jebison, isn't it, from uh, Burton, who's the really young kid. I mean, is he Sheffield United? He came they've from? got Kane Hemmings as well. As Kane Hemmings. Hemmings. I mean, I, I can see us getting getting points at both, but like like you said, it's that point now where, to be honest, like I think we spoke earlier, we've apparently dominated more, can play well at Pompey, but... We just got to get some points, and to be honest, we need to score some goals and quick. Anyone going up there? No, I'm not going to Burton. Go to Ipswich. No. I love Burton. It's a great right. away. That's right. Yeah, the Pirelli's quite good. I don't. I, I quite like them as a club, actually. I think yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a good, good little way in. To be fair, nice little uh, terrace, uh, and they've got a great kebab shop, really. But uh, I was going to say, so I'm taking two points from. I'm, I think with Jamie, I'm taking two. But three, I, I think three would be fantastic. I'll be over the moon with that. I think I agree with both what you said. I think two, we have to get. I think anything less than that would be disappointing. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see us get three from the two games. Boys, one thing we forgot to talk about earlier with regards to the Portsmouth game was this thing about regarding it not being on iFollow. I totally forgot. So I thought we'd quickly mention it now because we're not going to Burton. So we might be able to dodgy stream it. But our game against Portsmouth on Tuesday was not on iFollow. And it was a decision the club made because they wanted to sell more tickets to the Portsmouth game and they thought people would just turn up on the day and go. I just think it's mad that we didn't have it on iFollow for the fans who live... Because Tuesday night games, you just you can pay £10 to watch it. And people... The reason why close it was an option is because it was a rearranged Saturday game. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, but we had the option to say yes. Uh, I mean... Don's Trust put a statement out today saying that they declined it because they, wanted, they thought they would get more people. We don't make any money from the away fans watching it on iFollow. Uh, no, we not. do. That's incorrect. The Don's Trust have come out and said we don't. We don't make. Any uh, you 
you get money for the first five thousand people Again. that buy it. What away fans? Obviously, obviously not the not the people that are at the game because yeah, they're not no, buying no. it on iFollow. But the uh, the away team don't get money for the first five hundred or five thousand. Well, I think it's five hundred. But the Don's Trust yeah. have said that we don't get any money for away fans purchasing the iFollow. Yeah, well, that's that is incorrect. That's what I thought. But yeah, yeah, I just found it mad that we didn't have it on iFollow on Tuesday and get people to pay ten pound because most people would. Uh, and to be fair, the East Stand was empty anyway. So, do you know what I mean? Just put it on iFollow for the people that can't go to games, like myself at the moment. I can't get to games. Love to, but I can't. I'd love to I watch mean, it on TV. And I'd pay. You might not want. You might not want to say. That, did you watch the game on Tuesday? Just kind of like blink if you did. Right, we'll never know. Um, I I think. I don't think it's a massive deal, mate. To be honest with you, I think I think it's. Like, does it really matter? Yeah, what, people what, watch what, the game. In terms mate. of having having the game on iFollow or not? Yeah. Which one? Which which one? Like, yeah. Does it matter that it wasn't on iFollow? It wasn't on iFollow. I mean, I yeah. don't. I, I just feel like, you know, like my brother's in Australia. He'd love to watch a game. Uh, but Will no. he be able to watch yeah, it? Yeah, but he can watch it anyway. Oh, well, because he's not in the UK. Ah, it's only okay. for people in the UK. I that... don't know. I mean, I think the whole I follow thing. I mean, you pay a tenner. I, I think you, I think they should put it on. I don't see why there's why we, there isn't more. I know that I know that the 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 the, the, the TV rights and that sort of stuff. But personally speaking, if there's a game on a Tuesday night, we as a club, if we can if we can put it on I follow, we would do it. Whether we, I don't know the money logistics of it, but I can't imagine a huge amount of people go right. I've got I've got a ticket for this game now. I'm going to watch it on I follow. Or those people go, do you yeah. know what? Shall I go? Shall I not? I'll watch it on iFollow. I, 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 I don't know. But yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it probably should have been on iFollow. Yeah, it should have been on iFollow. I think we, we should. We would all agree it should have been on iFollow. We've got to remember that not all our fans live in the SW19 postcode. Yeah, so, but yeah. That's, and that's the and that's the reason why I think we, it, it should be yeah. it should be on. And I think moving forward with all this COVID stuff, the one thing that you've seen is for people who are particularly ostracised or a bit older or aren't able to do it being part of something in the community and your woman and fan, you know, like when my old man wasn't well and we had a lockdown, the fact that he could come and watch the game and it was on, on a, we could pay for it on iFollow was very, very important to him and to me. And I think that there's a community of people who are with mental health and stuff. I think there's an obligation for people to kind of be more reachable. To be fair, I, I loved it during lockdown because I had a lot of work events. So I had like hundred people around watching the games. Well, you know I mean, a few beers. Well, do you know what I mean they were I mean, work events? What, what's so... the party though? Yeah. No, no, it was a work event. I had a massive screen. Do you know what I mean? Because we were talking figures and stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But cheese, cheese and wine, Lee. Uh, yeah, I'm a big cheese man actually. I can see that. Bit, bit of cheddar for me. Well, yeah, or... go exotic, go mental. Nah, bit, or bit, bit, bit of dairy. Bit of dairy. You bring that home from Magaluf, did you? Bit of dairy. <laughs> anyway, boys. Right before we go, let's have some predictions. Burton first. Um, we will score. And it will be 1-1. 0-0. Oh. Uh, 2-0 Burton. Uh, Ipswich. You can go first, Lee. Uh, Desmond. God rest yourself. Yeah. 2-2. I'm going to go Ipswich. If, if we get a decent result of Burton, I think we'll get another one at Ipswich. So I'm going to go for... Yeah, let's go for it. 2-1 to Wimbledon. That's I love your optimism. optimism. I love your optimism. Holly Palmer's going to come on a charge. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I rate uh, Desmond as well. To be fair, that's the. It will be the same as the reverse fixture. 
Brilliant stuff, boys. Brilliant stuff. Danny, as usual, thanks very much for joining us. And Jay, welcome back. Cheers, mate. It's great to be back, actually. I really enjoyed talking to Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Good bands. Right. See you later, boys. Up the one more. See you next week from Magaluf, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.